Hi, my name's Dan, I'm here with G, and this is the Wrong Football NFL Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Jazz Club. Guessed a little bit there from uh, from G's dulcet tones that he's uh, a little uh, under the weather when it comes to his throat at the moment. How, how are you doing, G? You all right? Uh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm I'm sort of like I've been resting it for the last couple of hours, and um, I suspect that this is a fairly regular thing. That tomorrow my um, my phone and my IM statuses will be changed to IM only because I seem to lose my voice a couple of times a years, and <laughs> it's definitely on its way out. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll uh, luckily it was we've only got four games to talk about this week, so uh, couldn't have happened about a week, I suppose, other than next week, maybe. I yeah, know. I mean, there's there's, there's <laughs> some news to go through as well, but you know, hopefully it'll hold is. up. I certainly won't be doing anything too stupidly energetic vocally, shall we say? No, absolutely. Well, uh, let's 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 go on to the news, shall we? The uh, the news really is all 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 about uh, head coach hires. So there's been four head, head coach hires this week um, since since we uh, we last spoke. Let's run through each one of them. So the first one I've got is the uh, the Chargers have made the uh, the former Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Stanley their new head coach. What do you think of uh, of that? I think that's a really interesting hire, just in the. Um they had all those sort of problems with game script and and running and were not happy about the way that they were running their offense um after you know rookie quarterback who played really well and they've gone for a defensive head coach and it's I, I, you know i definitely think they can work but it does open you up to if your um offensive coordinator meshes well with your quarterback then odds are, after a couple of seasons of success, they're probably going to be poached from for somewhere else. So it's a little yeah, bit of an yeah. interesting decision. Um, he seems to have done an amazing job of um, coordinating the Rams' defense in his first year, taking over from Wade Phillips. Um, I suppose he's sort of young enough that I don't want to be too um, infusive about it. But he's certainly, I've heard praise from those who talked to him, and, and, and it's just it's an interesting hire. And if you can get the other things right and get sort of like the defensive infrastructure ready to support a young quarterback then then definitely yeah. could work yeah um well uh, the the former for, actually former dolphins uh well temporary head coach uh but most recently um assistant head coach at the saints um dan campbell uh has gone to detroit uh detroit for the uh for the lions he's going to be their uh, their head coach now I, I hadn't seen that one, and that's interesting because there was sort of quite a lot of positivity about him as a motivator. I seem to remember when he was temporary head coach in the Dolphins, but um, I, with, with his kind of track record, I have honestly no idea how he'll lay out his own program and and, and what he envisages for the club. But that's one where um, there's a very big rebuild in place, and I think. I know you're focusing on head coaches and we're not discussing it and it's kind of hard to talk about the GMs because it's not a world yeah. that's covered so much but I think there's so much work to do that one of the key things will be how how Dan Campbell as a coach works with the new GM and and I think that's going to be a well I say a multi-year build they have a franchise quarterback if they can make the right moves they might be able to turn it around quickly but the problem with the Lions was the defence so that will need addressing fairly quickly yeah, I think it, I think it will. Um, the Jets have hired the the first Muslim head coach, um, uh, Robert Saleh, has come from uh, the Forty Nineers. Who was previously their uh, their defensive coordinator. Well, I think given the job he did this year with a with a the amount of injuries they had, and there was some question about how 
uh, um, tactically, um, I don't want to say astute because all these coaches know way more than me, but how flexible he was and how much it was just he had the right players to go. But this year kind of demonstrated he could teach and work with talent around him a bit. And, and I think he's an upbeat, bright personality and that could work well um, if he can foster the right kind of relationship with the famous New York media. But um, with all of these ones, you've got sort of young first-time head coaches. It's hard to say, oh, yes, they've got a track record. They're all taking a chance. And we'll know some of them will work out and some of them will be in over their heads. And it's just a question of seeing which one's which. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you should say that because the last name we've got on the list is Urban Meyer, who's uh, who's taken over as head coach at, uh, at, the, Jags, at the Jags. Um, he's kind of been been sort of everywhere anywhere and everywhere in, in college but I don't think he's been a head coach or, or a coach in, in the NFL has he? No this is his sort of chance to step up and it's kind of an interesting one I'm not going to pretend to be a college expert but he's won multiple programs and the thing that they talk about with him is as a program builder and as a recruiter now some of that might work for the Jaguars who are in desperate need of a culture because they've not yeah, been able to sustain yeah. success for a long time but whether the things that he used in college is going to work with grown adults there's just no way of knowing and also he's been a, a coach who's left a couple of places um, for health reasons he's quite old and it's an interesting project to be taking on in this situation um the good thing that he has on his side is that um khan seems to be a patient owner and all the, both the gms and the coaches have had time at the, at the jaguars it's more that they just don't seem to have been able to get the right fit at the right time very often of coach and gm and so there's quite a lot of work to do on the on the jaguars roster not least of which because when they have got picks right someone like Jalen ramsey they haven't re-signed them and kept them on the on on the roster and so there's still a little bit of pickup but he goes to a team who have control of the draft i'm assuming that it's Trevor Lawrence that they'll pick at quarterback everybody's talking about as like a once in a generation quarterback we seem to have a few quite good ones at the moment so there's, I don't know if that might be a little a bit of generation quarterback every year isn't that well I'm not sure about every year maybe every other year but certainly in the last couple when you look at the likes of, Mah- sort of Mahomes um, Lamar Jackson um don't know about Tua, but you know had a very successful college career. Justin Herbert came out, and played very well. Joe Burrow looked good. Good, you know. We've had there's been no shortage, and he's another one. So, but that that answers that question, which the Jags have been struggling with for a long time, not least of which because they doubled down on Blake Bortles. And so, if they can build the infrastructure around him, then it might work. But it's really a case of whether both how he manages the team from college to pros, if he can make that transition, but also schematically. Although there's more college stuff in the NFL than there used to be, whether he can run a nice enough diversity enough and enough complexity in the passing game to um, and be effective against um, NFL pass defences, I don't know. And that's something to watch. Yeah, I'm saying we, uh, we'll have to, have to keep an eye on that time. We'll only tell, I suppose. And we have a fifth head coach position, which I don't think we've discussed. Do well, I don't think we've discussed Arthur Smith um, um, being the... Um, new head coach for the um, Atlanta Falcons I hadn't seen that one that would be why <laughs> well fair, fair enough shall we do a fifth one they have taken Let's do a fifth one um, I can't remember their GM's name and he's just come over from the Saints which I thought was interesting although the Saints are very high up against the um, salary cap they are doing so because they were trying to maximise Drew Brees' um, options and final few years of his, his career. So it's sort of like a deliberate decision, but you have to look at the, what they've done with their roster and how competitive they've been. And if he can bring some of that to the Falcons who have struggled for a little while, then that could be effective. My one concern with Arthur Smith is 
that he's done brilliantly with Tannehill and that Tennessee um, offense. My one slight concern is he's a little bit run first play action. I like the play action aspect. What I'm concerned about is that you know there aren't very too many Derrick Henrys in the league and there aren't too many other offenses that have made no. it work with that kind of runner and I think he will need to be a little bit more balanced still with loads of play action but I think if he's going to be successful long term outside of that Tennessee situation he's going to need to be um, a bit more like the Rams in how they present lots of options or like the um, Kevin Stefanskis and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, uh, uh, that kind of play action, rather than just running a bit back into the back of a line, you know, all the time on first down. Mm. I think it just leaves the Eagles without a head coach now, doesn't it? I think, is, is it just the Eagles? Or, uh, it, or, Texan, or Texans yet to... Yeah, no, I don't think the Texans have. I, I yeah. could be wrong, but I don't think they have. In fact, that, that that's an interesting one of itself, because um, having had sort of the fallout with the GM and um, Deshaun Watson they are now holding off because they want to um, interview Eric Bieniemy. which if they decided weeks ago I think they could have done so because I think several teams have already but now they sort of can't wait until they can't follow up or can't have that first yeah, interview yeah. until all the Chiefs are out so you know they could be winning the Super Bowl and building a um, building a um, coaching staff that late in the process could be a problem and it is it, why I really don't understand why we don't just postpone all of this until the end of the season when everybody's on the on the on the same boat because it almost penalizes for good coaches on good teams because if you're deep in the playoffs and the Super Bowl for a couple of years you might miss your shot not because you're not a great candidate but because the logistics of interviews don't quite work out Dolphins did it Flores was uh, was at the at the uh, the Patriots and they they went to the Super Bowl the year before uh, Flores came in yeah, so it's, um, it's doable. It, it's doable, but I, I do. It, it does feel like every you know you see these these guys sometimes pick it, and also it works the other way. Like um, the situation, um, and I'm blanking, so I'm going to have to look it up. But the Patriots' offensive coordinator um, pulling out of the Colts' job, and, and again that was when they were when when the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, and and Josh McDaniels um, was sort of persuaded to sort of come back after a bit of a discussion with Belichick afterwards, and they sort of said. I'll, I'll open up, you know, how I run a franchise if you'll stay for a few more years. And obviously they won more Super Bowls and that worked out. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to keep an eye on, uh, on what happens with the other teams. And, Indeed. Uh, see who they end up taking on. Right, so we just had a divisional week. We had a, uh, it was four pretty good games this, uh, this this week. Certainly, well, certainly a couple better than others, but uh, there were some pretty good games. We started on uh, on Saturday with the Rams and the Packers. The, uh, the Packers made it... Uh, to the uh, they were the first team obviously to make it into the NFC conference game. Uh, in truth, it was a pretty straightforward game, um, pretty straightforward win for the Packers with them controlling for much of the game. Um, Aaron Rodgers just looked fantastic in this game. He kind of reminded me that I've really not watched nearly enough Green Bay this year. Um, and uh, yeah, the Rams on the other hand kind of struggled both in the air and on the ground. They really couldn't really get a foothold in the game, could they? No, um, it feels like if you've not watched watched much Rodgers this year, then you've failed oh, at watching to. the NFL this year. He was oh, he's no. been having a hell of a season. Um, it's not always easy with timings, and we have to cover the whole league. But yeah, no, he's yes. had a phenomenal yeah. <laughs> year, and particularly in the second in his second season, in this offense, he's been really good. Um, I feel sorry for the Rams in that. They were sort of hamstrung by um, Aaron Donald just looking... Uh, it, it sounds 
overdoing it, like saying saying he was a shell of himself. But he was clearly really bothered by this by this rib injury because he just was not able to get the kind of pressure and cause the kind of disruption yeah. you are used to seeing that from you'd him. You'd normally expect from him, yeah. And in the previous week, you'd seen the rest of the um, um, defensive line and them able to get pressure. But the, the Packers' offensive line is so good that they just kept Rodgers clean entirely in this game. And so the defence couldn't quite play well enough. And I actually thought, considering the circumstances, I think Jared Goff, with his um, thumb injury and wearing two gloves, seemed to be throwing the ball like miles better than last year. But he didn't just look, Yeah, he didn't look bad. Miles better than last week, even. But um, as you say, he didn't look bad. And he, it was just one of those ones where... Um, they just couldn't do enough. And it's kind of interesting. that I don't know if you've seen this, but there's some talk about how the relationship needs some work between Goff and um, McVeigh in the off-season. And, I haven't seen that. Well, it's, it's kind of a curious one because he's right on the borderline of doing what you'd really want. But I think the problem is when he's been good, he's been really, really good. And when he's been had, he's been horrid. And it's mm. just there's been very little middle ground. I think I think the team's been quite impressed with how he's gutsed it out over the last couple of weeks with his hand injury. But I think there does need to be a bit of a reset before next season, and, and whether they'll bring in a, um, another veteran to challenge him, or whether John Wolford will be get more opportunities, given um, that they were really quite excited, impressed with by him. And I see no reason why McVeigh couldn't pull off a Taysom Hill kind of package to offer different elements with Wolford. Um, uh, um, in in LA, like the um, Saints have been doing for the last couple of years, years with um, Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could uh, yeah, could do. I mean, it's, it was a. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good game. I thought I thought the Packers. I, I didn't at any point really kind of think that the, that the Rams were going to do it. But it's it's yeah. I think it's going to be quite. Uh, it's it's going to be quite interesting. The 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 the. the game next week I think uh, with the Packers yeah um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it I just feel sorry for the Rams that that, that that sort of like two key injuries Aaron Donald for the mm. defence and this thumb injury for Goff I just Goff, and, yeah. and actually well not only that but also the, the offence was missing Cooper Cup and they were just not quite coming together for the Rams at just the wrong moment because you can't go into Green Bay at the moment and take on Aaron Rodgers and that offence and not be at the top of your game because they're just too yeah. good at the moment Agreed, absolutely. Uh, well, the uh, the Bills met the Ravens in the uh, in the late game on uh, on Saturday, having uh, won their first playoff game since 1995 last weekend. Uh, the Bills have extended their run and they'll be heading into the uh, the conference game next week. Uh, it was a bad day for the kickers in this one, uh, with a, a number of uh, field goal attempts rattling off the posts. But ironically, the uh, the only points for the for Baltimore. Uh, came from the boot of Justin Tucker. It was 17-3 to the Buffalo Bills in the end. Um, if you looked at the stats, I suppose you'd 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 kind of think that the right if you if you didn't see any of the game, you just looked at the stats, you'd think that the Ravens dominated this one. They had they had more passing yards, more rushing yards, um, more possession, massively more time of possession. Um but obviously the difference on this one was with points and I suppose it was that it really came down to that, that hundred yard interception return um late in the third quarter to seal it, didn't it? Yeah, and um, it was kind of a. I mean, the wind was a factor, and it was a, a factor for, yeah, for the Bills game, game before. So you know, I don't want to be too hard on Justin Tucker. I mean, he is human, um, mostly. Every now and again, he just seems to be a kicking god. But in this one, <laughs> I think the problem is that the issues with the passing game just returned for for the Ravens, and they ran the ball effectively. They looked good, um, but some combination of the receivers they have available and 
uh, Lamar Jackson's accuracy, or at least his completion percentage, because um, it's not mm. like he's a bad thrower, but he just doesn't yeah, seem it, to be it, able to generate enough when the game flow determines pass. And it is that it is that completion percentage I think that that really hurts him. And I don't know whether that's more on him or more on the the, the receivers that he's got around him. I think it's a combination of three things actually, because I think it's a combination of receivers around him, and. It's a combination of his accuracy, but I also think that this, I think it's fair to question whether some of it is um, offensive coordinator because you've got Greg Roman. And if you remember, we had these problems with um, the 49ers when he was dealing with Colin Kaepernick. I'm just wondering if they need to hire a passing consultant because I, so much of what the Ravens have done has been good in the last couple of years. And you know, Roman has a track record of doing this with highly effective mobile quarterbacks. I just think maybe there needs to be another stronger voice, you know, bring in Pedersen as a passing game consultant, you know, literally have him as, cause you have this quite often in teams now where you'll have a passing game and a running game, run game coordinator. And you might nor- not normally have the run game coordinator as the lead, um, sort of like the lead actual full offensive coordinator. But I think that if you could find the right person to work to just diversify some of the scheme and then bring in a receiver or two, and one of the ones that's been talked about, and I don't know if this is a bit fantasy football than just, oh, he's a free agent, wouldn't he look good there? But Chris Godwin from the Buccaneers, who is a free agent in, in the summer, if you could get him on the right contract as that kind of slot, movable receiver that you could do lots with to just give Lamar Jackson that option whilst, whilst Marquise Brown is, is stretching the field, just to, to complement Mark Andrews, I think that that might set up their offense really well. The defense still really good the Bills seem to struggle and I think the Bills have won two playoff games without actually playing that well which I think bodes well for them going into this final game Completely. because yeah. you know the, the defence has come up and the defence that they're facing I think they should be able to run the ball against them because the Chiefs aren't great at running the ball and I think that this is one of the few times where um, the Bills potentially if they can come right on the day have the offence to try and keep pace with the Chiefs and so you won't get the Chiefs in the situation they keep having where they have an advantage um, score and so they can just pin their ears back and rush the passer Yeah, there's Um, a little preview of next week's game already I'm sorry I know that's it you're jumping the gun I'm sorry Um, one thing we've not mentioned is uh, Lamar Jackson went out with uh, with a concussion, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, during the, I think it was it was in, it was in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? Um, Tyler Huntley took over. Yeah, and Tyler Huntley, you know what? Didn't look didn't look bad, did he? No, he really didn't. And um, I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson two point because who could be? But he could do that thing. And I think if you you look, Robert the Griffin III has already been released. In fact, um, the, the Ravens have been kind of a little bit active because they've also released uh, Mark Ingram. I think um, that's just yes, giving no. like their their um, veteran players like you know clearing up straight away so that they can prepare for next season. But um, I think they've got a quarterback. If they can build on that, that gives them the option. Not that you're planning to lose Lamar Jackson, but given what the position he does with a running quarterback, I do think it's useful to have a second one. Um, and it was just... I mean, we had two quarterbacks in, in, in the concussion, you know, get knocked out of games this week. And, and neither of them were like horrendous, horrendous hits, but it's just just those motions. And there's always always that danger, danger with a running quarterback that they might either land awkwardly, which I sort of think what happened to both of them. But um, it, it's just a risk that needs to be managed. It's multiple impacts, I suppose, isn't it, as well? Or just, uh, just kind of builds up. Well, if I'm getting my ones right, nobody saw like an impact for the other quarterback, which we'll discuss no, in the game in a moment. No, but in this one, I think I saw that horrible bounce off the turf. So it wasn't. So he was sort of hit 
and he was de- and he was dealing with a bad snap. And that's the other thing with Ravens. There are a couple of bad snaps in this game. Um, and Lamar Jackson actually did very well to get back and get one away as a um, throw away to avoid like a 10, 15 yard loss. And the second one was the one where he got injured. Well, uh, let's move on to the uh, the next game, and, and, and in fact, the one that you were just uh, alluding to a second ago. Yeah, I'm the, sorry. I'm uh... sort of I, I'm creating <laughs> creating a content editing nightmare right. for you because I, I I'm it's fine. splitting between different games. Sorry. Don't worry. Uh, it was the Chiefs and the Browns. Uh, and, uh, yeah, next week's going to see Kansas host the AFC Championship uh, for the third consecutive year after they uh, reminded us that um, <clears throat> anything is possible. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, <it> was <laughs> I mean, I think if you're going to do that justice, because that is a take on... Um uh, um, oh, good grief! I've forgotten his name. I, I can't. I, I can't take the take the credit for it. This was this was all over Twitter the other day. Yeah, it's based on there's an NBA player, a veteran who's retired, who I can't. Kevin Garnett, who used to scream that, and that it was actually his ca- catchphrase. So um, you, you might, those of you who are uh, interested in the internet and stuff, uh, stuff, I suspect that that might play a part in why that was going round <laughs> as a pun. Well, the game ended uh, 22 points to 17 to Kansas City Chiefs. It was a really exciting game, which uh, definitely had me staying up uh, way past my bedtime to see how it turned out. Um, Kansas controlled it quite early. It looked every bit like they were going to win this without much trouble, but the Browns slowly managed to scrape their way back into it, um, despite doing their best to browns it up, including a play which should have seen them score a touchdown and ended up with a touchback. Um which we'll talk about in a second. In the uh, the third quarter, as you as you quite rightly alluded to a second ago, Patrick Mahomes went to, off with concussion, walking like he'd done twelve rounds with Tyson Fury. So he was he was replaced with uh, with Chad Henney, um, who just about managed to to, to get this, the get them uh, through uh, and, and win this one uh, with some heroics at the end in terms of uh, making a, a final uh, first down to, uh, to 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 see out the clock. Um, I mentioned a second ago this uh, this touch what should have been a touchdown turned into a touchback. Do you think that should have been called back because of the uh, there was a lot of sort of leading with his, leading with a helmet, wasn't there? I I don't remember it that clearly. What the thing I remember and the thing the discussion that I've had or heard mostly and is the one that I'm sort of thinking about is it seems an awfully harsh punishment when you're reaching for um, a touchdown if you fumble the ball or you know you're reaching yeah. you're trying to make a play it's a football situation and the punishment if you if you fumble the ball isn't like okay you get it back on the one yard line because you've made up that space or whatever it's oh you yeah. hand it over to the to, to the other team and not yeah. only that but they get yeah. it like it's a touchback so they get it on the 20 yard line and that seems to be it's like you're penalizing someone for trying to do what they're all meant to do which is score a touchdown and yeah it does seem a bit harsh and, you know, maybe, OK, you put them back on the five-yard line, too, you know, because you want a punishment because you don't want them going in recklessly. But it does seem harsh. Um, and I think there's always these problems with these challenges, which is unless it was called, I don't think they can review it. They can review the scoring play, but they don't have the option to, to like, whilst they're doing that review, because there's been no call on the field to go, by the way, there was lowering the head there and that, that player needs to come out. And I, yeah, I, I'd need to go back and watch it difficult to spot in real time as well it's yeah, easy and, enough to, to kind of see in replays but more difficult a lot more difficult to spot in real time uh, and it's, it's always hard and you know un- unless it's egregious it, it's often sort of like human nature and it's hard to just say um you know whether the whether a player was being dirty or whether it was just so quick that they didn't quite get it settled but um i'd need to go back but yeah i, I feel it was a harsh punishment but then the Browns almost, I don't think they browned it up. In fact, I think they were competitive and, and Baker looked looked surprisingly good. But I think I was surprised how much they passed the ball 
and didn't run it in the first half. And it seemed like they waited to gone half time before suddenly Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were getting the number of carries they should be and yeah, being effective. Yeah. And I went into this game mentioning that um, I thought that would be an effective tactic because of the Chiefs um, having like the 31st um, um, by DVOA rated run defense in the league. So I just thought that you didn't want to revert to those bits where they, the Browns had that period in the season where they just had horrible heather, heather, horrible weather for like three weeks in a row and all they did was run the ball. But you didn't want to get quite to that. But yeah, I would have expected a run-heavy attack given the game situation, how good the Browns they were and, and sort of the, the nature of the Chiefs' defence. I feel like you're playing into their hands if you try and pass, having got a touchdown or, or, or scored down to the Chiefs. You're playing into what they want to do, which is rush the passer and be aggressive if you keep passing and maybe don't keep um control of your second right at the end the yeah as as they were, they were trying to sort of see out the see out the game the chiefs there was a uh, a moment where chad henney threw a uh, an absolute perler of an interception that you could see was going to be <laughs> it was going to be an interception from the second it left his hand um that would have had some hearts in mouths in kansas i would have thought yes i would have thought that everybody was very much going through squeaky bum time um towards uh, ever since Mahomes went out to that game not least of which was that fourth and short um, attempt which they managed to get and seal the game where even Romo is calling yeah. for oh they never run a play here and that was exactly what they were doing and they well, doing because they they, they were sort of like deliberately trying to do that oh we're, we're only going to half do it we're, we're going to punt it away rely on our defense only they actually snapped the ball and made a short pass and, and you know well, they, that, that takes Cajonet they lined up in shotgun there. I was thinking, yeah. well, surely this is a, this has got quarterback. If they're going to make a play, this has got quarterback sneak written all over it. But no, he's lined up in shotgun, so that he's definitely not going to make a play. Yeah, no, no. We're absolutely what we're doing here is faking it, trying to get someone to jump offside. We're not going to. Oh no, no, they snapped it. Yeah. But well, yeah, no. I mean, that, that, was, yeah. that was one of those calls that you can make having won a Super Bowl and feeling, you know, very much yes. secure in your legacy, and um, um, you know, you're Some not messing around. Cajones we can seal on, the game on. here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the final game. Then let's talk on about the uh, the last game of the weekend. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints, and the and 43 year old Tom Brady made his 43rd playoff start. Uh, and managed to get his team to in, into into the conference team for the thirteenth time in his career, which is crazy. Uh, it was thirty points to twenty in the end. This one, um, it was, however, the first time that the Bucks have, have won the divisional round, uh, divisional round since two thousand and two, when they actually won the Super Bowl. Um, it was the very definition, I think, of a, of a sort of back and forth game. I thought when I was watching this one, it was the, the league kind of switched throughout, and obviously five in, five minutes into the second half. Saints were leading 20 points to 13, but then they just kind of stopped scoring 17 unanswered points, and it was uh, it was 30 points to 20. There was um, two quarterbacks battling for the time, and I think one of them is being slightly more successful at holding them at bay at this point. Um, do you think I was going to say one of the things I've actually got written down to ask actually is do you, do you think we've seen the last of Drew Brees? Um, I, I wouldn't like to say yes completely. But it would not surprise me because he was really struggling. I don't know. I mean, the man broke 11 ribs this season. Um, I have no idea how well he's feeling. But frankly, neither player were throwing the ball as well as they did in their pomp. But there's like a bit of a delay. You know, it doesn't quite get there with the same zip with Brady, but it still gets there and he's got tight windows. It felt like this was the first time where they're just, he could not get the ball there in time for Breeze. And, you know, he threw a couple of bad interceptions and it felt like 
the Saints couldn't stretch the ball, the one touchdown sort of they got going long was um, was from a gadget play with you know a different quarterback on. You know, are you not in trouble when you have to bring in a player and have Jameis Winston, you know, be like sub gadget yeah, quarterback? Yeah. And it just. I don't know. Maybe if the injury was bad that he feels like he can come back and if he can stay healthy, he'll be more effective. But it would not surprise me to see him in the uh, um, commentary booth next season. He had a contract yeah, but- ready to go this year and it just felt, between that injury and just what he was able to do this year, I'm just wondering if that was that that was it. And if it is, that's a sad way to go out. But we should remember how good a career he's had and perhaps I might be revisiting some of that in a bit. Yeah, he he. Yeah, there was a very sort of uh, a point video after the after the game uh, between Brady and and, and Breeze uh, on the pitch, having a having a chat, having a hug after after the game, and sort of throwing the ball about with their kids. I, I think yeah. for me, I I, th- I think he's done. I think I think that that these ribs in the injuries to the, to his ribs have probably probably finished him off. I would say. I- I, I, it's not so much that the injury I, I don't think the ribs would have like finished him, him coming back but I think the arm problems and the fact that you know you, you get to a point where you just don't come back from the hits so easily anymore and I, yeah I just feel like that he can use his football brain and be engaged without taking those physical risks and I felt that just enabled the, the Buccaneers defence to play well enough they got the turnovers and then the offence did enough that they won out in this one and it's interesting it's got to be galling and gutting for the Saints that you know they beat them you know okay in the first game yeah. absolutely trounced them in the second then the one where it really counts they couldn't quite find the performance they needed so uh, yeah that's that's we're gonna we're gonna see the uh, the books in the in, in the uh in the conference game next week I, I love the divisional round because you, you get all the pretenders out there was a couple of really good games and there was a couple which for re- one reason or another didn't quite take off as contests I think the conference championships understandably because we're down to four teams looks like two sets of stonking matchups. yeah absolutely we'll talk about those in a sec excellent hey Dan it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast The Wrong Football on iTunes okay so it's G's week to go first on trivia then see what uh, what we've got uh, for me go on then let's let's, let's uh, bring it on so this is my usual thing of interesting trivia masquerading as a question but um, I took as my theme for this week obviously we had um, Tom Brady getting a remarkable 30 second playoff win um, which doubles the total of his childhood idol, Joe Montana. So I wanted to see how many of the rest of the top 10 in division, oh, sorry, in playoff game wins you can name as out of the quarterbacks. So you've got eight players to find. Why do you do this to me? Right. Because you should the- be able to name them, most of I them. I think, I think you should right. be able to get five or six straight away. Right, quarterbacks, and it's the most number, it's the most playoff wins. Yes. Okay. Peyton Manning. Yes. Um. Do oh Drew Brees. No. I, I was I was kind of worried about him. I wasn't sure whether he'd be in there or not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Eli Manning. No. Okay. Um. Do I need to start Matt giving Ryan. you hints? Sorry. Matt Ryan? Nope. Go on, you're going to have to start hinting. Yeah, okay, so so I think you need to be thinking a little bit bigger and a little longer back. So, you know, one of them is still very much involved in football, although he's stepping away. 
Right. I'm trying to think who's stepping away. Might be changing their position this offseason. Has won as both a GM and a quarterback. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Oh, Denver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you sound oh, so pained. Do you want me to put you out of your misery? I am really pained. Yeah, please do. It's John really Elway. For... That's it. I can't believe his name completely, completely escaped me. <laughs> Should I just do the rest of them? Because I feel mean just, now. Just do the rest of them. So the other half of the um, 49ers <laughs> dynasty, Steve Young, yeah. Brett Favre, oh, Ben Favre Roethlisberger. Course, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Troy Aikman. And this is one right. that, that, that was interesting that I hadn't caught with um, Joe Flacco. Really? Yeah, That's with 10. One of the most wins. Okay. Yeah, 10 playoff wins. And the interesting thing, so yeah, he has more than Drew Brees, who um, only has nine. Um, the interesting yeah. one... Well, that's, I wasn't sure with Drew Brees, because, um, you know, the Saints don't always make the playoffs. Yeah. So I've got a couple of follow-up stats, which I won't tease you about, because I've tortured you enough. But the interesting things were, I thought, was that I went for top 10s because of, of the fact that pretty much with wins, that got you your double-digit winners. And... I thought it was interesting that Jeff Rutledge won 10 games. He played for the Washington uh, um, football team and the New York Giants, has 10 wins, and I've never heard of him. And I paid attention. Oh, yeah, I watched some of the 80s football. So I should have, you know, I'm surprised that you could have a double-digit playoff wing quarterback and me just have no, no clue, or at least, you know, from that kind of period when I might have been watching. And then the interesting thing was, uh, I moved up. I've got a, follow -up, uh, a couple of follow-ups because um, Drew Brees comes into the top 10 if you list by number of playoff games played because um, he played in 18. Um, but he won nine, lost nine. And I thought it was interesting that the two players got added when you went for total playoff games rather than win or win percentage, which I'll come to in a second. The other one sneaking at 10 was um, your franchise Hall of Famer, Dan Marino. Yeah, that surprised me. I, did, I didn't think he'd be... I was never going to say him for, for most wins because I didn't think he'd yeah. actually won that many in the playoffs. So. And then the final yeah. one that I thought was interesting was I listed it by win percentage. And I was trying to get, like, sneaky because if you, if you have, like you get various two who played like one or two games and, and one or one game is one. So I did sort of a top 10 with over six wins. But the interesting one for me was that um, the only two out of like our top 10 quarterbacks by wins um, who featured in playoff percentage, believe it or not, were Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Mm. So Joe Montana has, Joe Montana has two more wins than Peyton Manning, but Tom Brady has has um, 16 he literally has double uh, double the playoff wins but their winning percentage is 74% um, and 69% as opposed to just nearly 52% for Peyton Manning it's like those two are so far and away the best playoff quarterbacks just statistically it's ridiculous the one interesting thing to work off that is Patrick Mahomes who has six wins, currently has a playoff win percentage of 83%. So one to keep an eye on because he's made a remarkable start. Shall we move over to your trivia? I'll stop talking now. If, if we could, if we could. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got enough to edit tonight. Um, right, uh, so mine's a little more simple than this, although there is there is a little more to it than, than last week's, I suppose. Um, so two sides to this then. So since 1970, yeah. what are the most common matchups 
in the NFC and the AFC Championship games. So we'll we'll start with the NFC because there's there's one standout common game. There's one common game. <sighs> or most common game. Since the nineteen seventies. Six times. Six times. <sighs> Rats. Can I pick off like teams, or do I? Do you want me to do the the exact matchup? Um, I'd like the matchup because that's what the question is. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to see if I could <laughs> pick them up by half points by guessing relevant teams who are good. Because I'm thinking of of like your obvious franchises who are going to be involved. So I'm thinking like the Patriots in the AFC side. I'm thinking Steelers, on, Ravens. Let's, let's stick. Let's stick with that with NFC. So I am thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, oh, okay. I am going to go with 49ers, and I'm gonna try Giants. You are half right. So the 49ers against the Cowboys. Oh, damn it! I um, nearly went for the Cowboys. Six times. I, I re- 70, 71, 81, 92, 93, 94. Oh, I nearly went for Cowboys. Oh, and I'm. <laughs> On the other side, I am going to go with um, Patriots Colts. There's actually four games that are tied. Um, Patriots Colts is one of them. Mm-hmm. Patriots Steelers. Patriots Steelers is another one. Yes. Um, and then I'm really, really struggling. I don't think it's going to be Patriots Ravens, although it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if Dolphins came up, but I wouldn't sure who the other one, but just through that Marino period, because they did a lot. I can't think, and I've already given you, you two. Put you so out your misery. Yes, on the others. Okay, so so you got you got Patriots Steelers, who met in 01, 04, and 16. Mm-hmm. You've got the Colts Patriots, who met in 03, 06, and 14. The ones you didn't get are the ones from a bit further back. So it was the, it was the uh, Broncos, Browns, 86, Interesting. 87, and 89. And then all from the 70s, Raiders, Steelers, 74, 75, 76. Oh, I'm so annoyed at myself. I should totally... That, you know, I'll let myself off the Browns, Browns one because I don't think I've ever got that. But yeah, Raiders, Steelers makes all the sense in the world. Look, you didn't you didn't forget the name of John Elway. So you, if anyone's kicking themselves, <laughs> it's me. It could happen to any of us. I'm sure it will. Something similar has happened to me in the past, or will at the future. <laughs> right, down to just two games next week. Then, so it's the conference games for NFC and AFC. We start with the NFC. Um, they're both played being played on Sunday. But we start with the NFC. It is the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. Uh, first seed and fifth seed. What's your thoughts on this one? I, I can't look past the Packers on this one, personally. I think it's going to be a very good game, um, a very competitive game, but I think the Packers will win it. Yeah, I'm leaning Packers too. I can see a world if um, if the Bucks can get pressure without committing too much, too many resources, if you see what I mean. It's a bit mm. like the thing you always hear about playing Brady, and the problem with that is it's the thing that you play with everybody. If you can rush before and play coverage behind it, then you're going to win. And it's like, yeah, that's not a great secret. That's like you know, you know, as good a defense as you can get, and it's just not that easy. Um, Todd Bowles, I actually heard him described as an emotional blitzer um, at one point this week, which I thought was a wonderful term and phrase. And I just feel like if that is your strategy, 
mo there's a lot of quarterbacks that will work that will work to, but your calm, collected, thirty-something, really experienced quarterbacks who still have their arm are the exception. And I think that Brady might yeah. struggle a bit with that because his arm isn't quite what it wants. Whereas Aaron Rodgers was as physically a gifted quarterback I had ever seen, right up until Mahomes played, and it's still not like he's that much different now. It's just that Mahomes yeah. is remarkable. I think they're probably the two best I've seen just from a pure. Um, physicality and able to throw the ball on a dime almost from any position. So I lean Packers, but what I can see is if the defense can do enough and Brady can get rolling, because I'm still not totally convinced by that Packers defense, then I can see it being competitive. But yeah, I just feel like um, Aaron Rodgers and um, that that offense is pretty much set for the Super Bowl, and it's felt like that for a while, yeah. if you really, really force me to make a pick. Um, AFC then is first and second um, seeds of meetings. So it's the Chiefs and the Bills. Now this one for me, I, I on the face of it, I want to say Chiefs, but that is with the caveat of we have to we're gonna have to see what happens in terms of protocol and concussion protocol for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean the Bills won't mind too much if Mahomes can't play and they moat the Super Bowl. You know, no Bills be, fans are going be to be complaining. Moon, I would say, but. It, it, it is a if it doesn't happen it has to be done for safety so you know you will not hear me I will not be at oh, all yeah. upset because we've learned so much I think there's a fairly strong argument that if you've taken out the game on the concussion protocol that you, you just there isn't enough recovery time to be playing for next week but these are professionals they know the risks but I, it would be shame to be have this matchup taken away from us. But Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are both very young quarterbacks, and you know if we don't get it this year, we'll get it at some point. But um, I think this is a cracking game potentially because I think both of them are similar in a very strong offenses, defenses. I think the Bills' defense is better than um, the Chiefs' has been playing in, in more improved uh, football in recent weeks, but. The, the the big X factor in this one on that throws in the spanner in terms of predicting who wins is the fact that we don't know what Mahomes' status will be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like I say, I think if Mahomes plays, I think Chiefs. If Mahomes doesn't play, it's Bills. I think that's it's as simple as that for me. Yeah. And as ever, I'm almost just basically wishing health for everybody. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be uh, back again next week. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you have, please be sure to uh, give us a rating, a review, and subscribe to us through whatever medium you procure your podcasts so you don't miss on miss out on anything each and every week uh, as we close out the season. Uh, if you've got something to say or you want to get in touch, it's at TWFDan to get hold of me on Twitter, and G is at WrongFootball. In the meantime, keep your eyes peeled on thewrongfootball.com for more from G. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next week. There's only three games left, guys, so let's enjoy them. Thank you.